0: Welcome to the latest Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries, and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they've faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them, and what tips they for girls of my age. Today, my guest is Neetu Kumar, who is the Senior Talent Acquisition Specialist at Centrica. We are very thankful for Centrica's support of our London Summit, which will be this Saturday. So thanks for joining me today, Kuma. Uh me too. my mistake. Um can we just start by you telling us all how your career, how your career took you to the role that you now have today?
1: Um yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty short and sweet, even though it kind of spans just over twenty years now. Um I finished university after doing a fairly generic business management course. Um Honestly, I probably selected that course because I I wasn't quite sure what what I wanted to do. Did it have much of a plan? Uh, The same kind of follow through from from finishing university and kind of looking around at my uh, fellow friends. And they were all kind of applying for graduate roles and had quite defined plans of what was going to happen next. And I just didn't quite feel the same. I still did what they did, though, because I wasn't sure what to do. I applied for Lots and lots of graduate programs, um, and realised very quickly that I probably wasn't going to secure any of them. I got a huge amount of rejections, lots of um, lots of applications that had no response at all. Um, and then I guess I, I I came back to Leicester. So I was studying in Leeds. I came back to Leicester. Um, my dad had just had a heart attack, um, and I had this. I had my original plan was to stay in Leeds. I studied in Leeds. I loved living in Leeds. And I was like, I could set up life here. I'm good with that. Um, And then as soon as my dad got ill, I had this kind of emotional pull that I wanted to be closer and and come back home. So I did. Um, I was I put my CV in a few places online and got contacted by an agency who talked to me about a sales opportunity, a telesales opportunity. I was very aware that I didn't have any experience, but I quite like talking. So um, I was put forward for the role, which I then secured. And honestly, at that stage, I had absolutely convinced myself that this was going to be a stopgap. This was going to be something I will do really short term um, until I figure out a plan, until I figure out what it is that I want to do. I will I will be here. It will help me start paying off my student debt. Um but I really liked it. I really liked it. I enjoyed being in sales. I loved being in the environment. Um, I did realise after a year or so that that, that was never going to be long term for me. And I started kind of looking within and seeing what what other opportunities were there. And from there, I kind of managed to get into a, a learning and development role training. With people, so almost like training people to do the job that I had been doing and again I really I love that I love delivering in front of lots of people and really helping them on their own career journey and I guess it just really continued from there so from learning and development I went into um, a talent role which was about uh, leadership coaching it was still about training it was also about recruitment And then that eventually led me into talent acquisition, which I've been doing purely for the last six or seven years. Oh, so you mentioned that you went to Leeds back at university.
0: How Mm -hmm. important do you actually think it is to go to university, especially since there's a lot of, you know, apprenticeship schemes and lots of different things that young people can now go into if they don't actually want to go to university instead?
1: Honestly, I think when I went to university, it didn't. It didn't feel like there was a huge amount of opportunity. There was, it was quite a defined path. You went to, you did school, you did college, you go to university or you'd go into some kind of employment. I think for some professions, university absolutely still has its place, right? Like you're hmm. studying medicine or something like that. But actually, I think we live in a world now where learning is so accessible, whether that's kind of going on online courses going for apprenticeships going for work experience um there you know there is an abundance of things that you can do yourself without physically having to go to university I think the challenge that 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 we have um and when I say we I'm talking about the royal we I think all I think we've that we've got it right with making the learning really accessible I think what we also need to make sure that we are mirroring to that is the career the careers that follow mm. um so do I think it's it's important I think if it's part I think if it gives you a skill that will aid you in the next career move that you want to make then sure and if it's something that you want to do with part of the experience it's not just the the learning the academia that comes with the university there's a huge amount of kind of life experience you can also get and that may be part of the motivation someone wants to do it do I think it's necessary no I think you can make it just as well and just as high without it brilliant now when you were at school did you know exactly what you wanted to do
0: or be or did that maybe happen later in life um
1: I I think I I do recall being asked that question several times it's like a standard question you ask to a young person isn't it what do you want to be when you grow up and I think I probably flitted between a fair few professions uh that were I think I would have said teacher was the one that was on repeat um I I just I but I never really landed on like this is what I'm going to do when I grow up I think I like changed my mind depending on what day it was or whether I'd heard something or someone had told me something. But no, I I didn't have kind of a set plan of what I wanted to do. And actually, I think when I got into learning and development and started doing kind of the training delivery, it did kind of talk to my younger self around, actually, I did say I wanted to teach and this is kind of that and there was a reason why I really enjoyed it. And I think the common theme between kind of like the last 18 years of my career has all really been about helping people. And I think it's been more that I think it's been more the 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 idea of helping and the feeling that that gives me as opposed to the actual job title that that's sat within.
0: Mm. Now the world is changing so much and also very quickly at the same time. So perhaps what do you think work for women may look like in ten years' time, and also what do you hope it may look like?
1: Um, all positive, positive. I hope. Um, I I do. I think, I think we would definitely see more opportunities and more representation. Um, I think it would be wonderful to get to a stage where, cause right now when we're at work and, uh, and I lead, um, some of the diversity, equity and inclusion activities, um, across talent acquisition across the, the group that I work for, um, and we talk, a lot about the some of the initiatives and programmes that we have and they're with such passion and such intent, which is absolutely right. But I would love in 10 years if they didn't exist, not because um we shouldn't do them, but because they're no longer needed. The mm. fact that we have, you know, we need to have a DNI and i agenda or we need to talk about equity and equality and things like that is because we don't have it. I would love it if we kind of got to a stage where you don't need some of those ambitions because we're doing it. We're yeah. doing it as part of our normal existing within society. That that would be the absolute hope. My I'm raising a daughter um, and, and there are things that I've kind of seen kind of building my career and things that I've I've noticed, not because of anything bad necessarily. But it's always been I've always noticed if I've walked into a meeting and I'm the only female. I've noticed if I've walked into a, a, a meeting and I'm the only person of colour and um, as I embarked on this purpose to create change um, for for now and for the future, I kind of look at my daughter and I, I always think how wonderful it will be for her when she goes into, a, you know, work environments. And actually she can look around, she can look up, down, across, you know, left and right and see people that look like her. Yeah, definitely. I think
0: it's as you said. At some point in the future, as I said, ten years time, I think it would be great to not have the need for these departments. I. It would just be great to have, just have equality and equity, anyways.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That that's that's the bit for me. That's that's when you know that what we are doing has has worked we can measure yeah. it as we go we can see the dials changing but when we get to a stage where it doesn't need to be an a item I think that's that's when we know that it it really has worked we you know it it made the difference it was intended to
0: yeah so throughout your career have you perhaps had any mentors or have there been anyone that you particularly admire
1: I work with some awesome females like some some of the best that I have probably met over the you know the last couple of years have been really eye-opening for me and and more so because I have involved on my own purpose of trying to create change that I have come across some really inspirational females in our own organization those that are courageous enough to you know, to call it out when they, you know, if they see something that's not right, that call it out, that are absolutely dedicating, um, their time and space to creating change. You know, those real thought leaders that are, that leave you with so many, so that, that leave you feeling really provoked into thinking a different way to the way that you perhaps thought previously. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I feel, very very blessed that I get to work alongside some of those individuals on a daily basis yeah I think mentoring can be a great
0: experience not only for the mentor but for the mentee I think both sides of the this is going to sound weird but equation kind of like the both sides of the mentorship Um, learn quite a lot from each other because gaining new experiences can always just open your perspectives for everything so I I completely agree I think it's great to not only be a mentor but uh, be the mentee as well
1: I agree I think I think we've done quite a lot of reverse mentoring in Centrica now Mm -hmm. and and, you know and and it has it it's it's landed so well and I think it's just again I think it reinforces the fact that Um, everybody has a voice everybody can have a platform to be heard and actually it's not just about you providing a mentee with something but actually they can make you so much better at the job that you do and you can help aid their career development at the Mm -hmm. same time it you know yeah it's really good so positive
0: now I know that Not everyone have got their life figured out from day one. Not everyone, whether they're in school, university, or just still working now, has got what their future is gonna look like completely straight and they don't know what path they're gonna take. So what advice would you say give girls my age, maybe a bit older, maybe a bit younger, when they start to think about their careers and their future?
1: Yeah. I would say stay really open minded. Don't put yourself in in a box don't feel like you are you know you are having to make a decision with the ceiling really low above you yeah. like do what you can to break that ceiling and kind of rise above it and have a look around because the opportunities are are endless I think um taking claim space I myself have kind of done a lot of reflecting over kind of my younger years um, and I think that I think that on some level, probably subconsciously, I was fearful of saying yes to stuff. I was fearful of putting myself out there. I was looking to try and, you know, if I was applying for a role, for example, I would look at it and think I don't I don't meet all of the criteria. Um, and actually what I would now say to my younger self is um, go for it like you there is absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain and nine times out of ten you know if you if you you know if you believe you can do it and you are working alongside some really great people that will support you and the learning is accessible you will gain all the skills that you need I would also say be okay with not having all of the answers um, I certainly didn't have the answers. I didn't have a plan to be in the role that I'm in. It's happened quite organically um and i and I think that's absolutely it's okay to have a plan, but it's also okay to not have a plan um and the other thing that I say to like people at work all the time is somewhere down the line, we stop being asked what we want to be when we grow up yeah um and I feel like we should keep asking ourselves that I think it's okay to um you know to change your mind I think but I don't think you should limit yourself to anything I think if you asked you know if you've asked yourself when you were 12 ask yourself again at 15 ask yourself again at 20 25 that keep asking yourself because it's it's never too early and it's never too late and you can create change whenever you want to like you are absolutely in control of it yeah, I think
0: that's some brilliant advice. I'm sure the, the listeners of the podcast will definitely take that on. So thank you. That's okay. Now, what would you say are some of your like non-negotiables? Just the things that you won't compromise on in both your personal and professional life. Yeah,
1: this is probably an easy one because it's a saying that I say to like I say it to my daughter, I say it to the team that I lead, um, which is find your happy, like. This is like we have a like life is pretty short um and you're you know you're here once and you wanna make it count um and it's far too short to not be happy. We spend such a long time of our lives either in education or um in the workplace um you've got to do what finds you happy, and if you are doing something that's not making you happy, then it start to 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 look for what that could look and feel like mm. um. I think um always if you if opportunities are being presented to you, which you know life life will present those to you um mm-hmm. I think surround yourself with those that will always look for the reasons you should before they look for the reasons you shouldn't. I think often if you lead with the reasons you shouldn't, you talk yourself out of some really cool stuff and experiences yeah. um before you do it, but i I think. Above all, I mean, there's all the other things like, you know, living with integrity and uh, doing the right thing, showing care, all of those kind of things. But I think that my saying around finding you're happy is probably the one that sticks the most.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great say, a great saying, because um, you have to do something that gives you joy. Otherwise, you're just going to be bored for your entire life. And since, as you said, you spend so much time in work, you can't just spend all that time bored because you'll never enjoy. enjoy it.
1: And there yeah. won't be any purpose to it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Now, finally, hypothetically, mm-hmm. um, if you could spend like an hour chatting to three people over a coffee, a tea, maybe like a biscuit, it's really up to you in this hypothetical cafe of your <laughs> dreams, um, yeah. who would they be
1: and why? Oh, there are so many inspirational people out there. If I think about inspirational females, I mean and I could split it into two categories I could talk about people who have made their mark in the world and I could talk about people that have made their mark on me and I would love to from like a personal perspective I would love to sit down and have a coffee with my grandmother my mum and my daughter and have us all in one space and kind of learn from each other's experiences um from a people in the world um Kelly Holmes, I think, has the most powerful story around resilience and never giving up and her experiences in the army to then going on to win gold medals and all of that kind of stuff is is just incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Rosa Parks. I think probably didn't even know it at the time, but not giving up her seat on the bus triggered the, the civil rights movement um, and created change for millions of people, even to this day. I think I would love to have a conversation mm. with Rosa Parks. Um, and then Malala, the um, the youngest Nobel Prize winner who was um, who had the attempted assassination when, by the Taliban, I think it was, who mm. now... Is just an absolute advocate for, for making sure that education is accessible for females, which in parts of the world it absolutely isn't. Um, so yeah, they, they would probably be the three that come to mind.
0: Brilliant. I think those, those are some very inspirational people. Mm. I would agree. Well, I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you today, Me Too. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own futures and careers as well. So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And more details about us and our upcoming summit will be at ReachnextGeneration.com. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Barclays, Centrica, and Kingsley Napley. <laughs>